After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. Hi, everybody. It's Mind Rolling here. I'm Raghu Marcus, and I'm actually introducing an episode that David Silver and I did uh, um, on remote, so to speak. It's a field recording of sorts in New York City with a wonderful uh, young man named Michael Donovan. And uh, Michael is uh, an extremely gifted photographer, fashion photographer, amongst other things. And uh, in fact, he came out uh, a year ago to a retreat we had and, uh, in Maui with Ram Dass and Sharon Salzberg and others. And we just had a wonderful time with him and uh, kept in touch. And from that retreat, by the way, he did this great... Uh, um, article in uh, a magazine, a fashion magazine, photography magazine, uh, called Black and Gray. And uh, you can look that up online and check out, uh, there's a wonderful thing around Ginsburg, uh, Allen Ginsburg, and some of his letters from India. Fascinating stuff. And actually, there's something from Ramdas, some letter from letters from India from him as well, and, and just a, a beautiful spread of photos. He's really gifted. So he invited us onto a podcast, getting to the core of uh, what I'm trying to say here about Michael, that he's doing a new podcast, uh, Walking Home, I believe is the title, but uh, just look up Michael Donovan, and there'll be links on mindpodnetwork.com in the mind rolling section. And so this was such a great podcast, uh, a great back and forth, uh, uh, as you'll as you'll see, uh, that we decided we should put this up on mind rolling as well, and that's why I'm kind of giving this a little bit of an intro. And uh, so Michael, he's just he's just a new family friend, and he's another voice in our community and in this big, growing community satsang that uh, that seems to be have been uh, uh, generated through MindPod Network with all uh, these wonderful uh, podcasters. Uh, so uh, just uh, wanted to um, give a little bit of context as we jump into this podcast with Michael Donovan and your mind rollers. Here we go. 
So uh, let me just start it off. Um, if we can't go back to I, in the way that I record these, I just I've already hit record a while ago, and then I just for uh-huh. me I just kind of pick them up. That's so good. I don't have the welcome to the show. I don't you myself don't do a welcome. No welcome. I'll do it for you. <laughs> okay. Welcome, Michael Donovan, <laughs> to your own show with David Silver and Raghu Marcus. Well, welcome, gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So Sorry about that. Uh, going back to just to kind of back up. So, uh, earlier this week, uh, I had a, I've had a guest, a friend of mine, Jonathan waiter come on the show and, um, and then he had passed. And so it's, uh, I think that, um, a lot of the things that I've learned on, or, or what, let me back up. So when he passed, it was almost a, for me, it was a congratulations. I'm excited for you. I was very happy. And then I started getting all of these messages, all of these emails, phone calls, uh, messages on Facebook, tweets, uh, messages on Instagram. And it was almost overwhelming on how many people had used the podcast as a way to connect with him. And what we were doing, him and I were, we knew going in that either he's going to live or he's going to die. He has a terminal illness. And so we should get this all out there. So I was, we were ready for it. But a lot of people weren't, and so they were just torn apart. Um, and I want to talk to you guys a little bit about death, maybe to start it off. And that's a fun thing that people can do. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> Hi, here we are. Well, you know the the podcast is based off of Ram Dass's quote: "We're all just walking each other home." And right. Right. And wait a minute is that uh, you're saying that's is that the name of your podcast? Walking home. Walking home. Yeah. Okay. You want to know something? Huh. We're, we're doing a film. With a guy named Jamie Cotto, who did One Giant Leap. By the way, everybody out there, One Giant Leap. Leap, And uh, the second edition of One Giant Leap is called What About Me? It's all about, a little bit about self-cherishing. But what, it, what he does is creates the most incredible music and visuals and cuts in pieces around consciousness throughout the movie that have a certain theme. And uh, it's just this mashup that's fantastic. Everybody out there, go, go up uh, YouTube. It's there. One giant leap. What about me? So we're he is going to do something with us uh, with Ramdas. I don't know uh, if the listeners know who Ramdas is, but you can go to ramdas.org and check him out. Be here now. Most people like. They know be here now, yeah. even if they uh, might people not. People that listen to this podcast know Ramdas. They know Ramdas. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So, you know, I don't know. So, uh, we're going to do a film. What's the name of the film? Oh. Walking Each Other Home. Ta-da. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, boy, that's great. So, what I wanted to ask you, though, was yeah. uh, when you, uh, when people knew that you were saying, oh, wow, this is, you know, he's now not suffering anymore and he's moved on. Did you get flack? Is that what you were no. saying? You didn't get any flack. Hey, how could you think like that? No, when, you know, no, it was, but it was, you could see other people that were so saddened. They were so hurt and you know, it's their attachment. That's, that's gone. Mm. It's not, he's not gone. He's been all around you. Once, you know, once you have anybody in your life, they're with you forever. Um, you can call on them whenever you need to. Um, you can talk to them, you know, what they generally, what they would say, and you can have your conversations, but there it was the attachment. And that was the, the hard part for me because I didn't know how to help them with their, with, 
with understanding, well, this is your attachment. I understand, you know, grieve how you're going to grieve, but this is something that you could work on. And I don't know if that's my responsibility, but I did want people to know that they could, they don't, you don't have to suffer when someone dies. You don't have to have this. I mean, I cried for a short bit, you know, maybe three, four minutes. That's all because I was more happy than I've been sad. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to express that to people. Mm. If that makes sense yeah. on where I'll tell you a story. Uh, do you know this story about Maharaji? I think you know this story, Dave. Um, Neem Karoli Baba. Uh, it's a story around him. He was walking with a, that we had a mentor back then. This man, his name was Tuari, KC Tuari, who was just extraordinary. If the, for those of you that, if you remember, or if you're an aficionado of Robert Crumb and his stuff from the 60s and 70s, he's still out there now. He's he was down just the street. In the new. He's down the street. He's right. I thought he was, was in France. Oh, R. maybe Crumb. not. Our yeah. Crumb's in France. He lives in he, France, Robert. Yeah. There, is he part of a band now or does he work no, with no, a band? No, this was strictly uh, a bunch of comic books uh, and some of them had consciousness and they're about hippies. And, okay. I mean, they were hardly uh, eroticized, crazy. I mean, his drawing is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I know his drawings. Are... I just, I was tweeting with somebody back and forth. There's a helicopter flying over our building and where all the people at East Village were tweeting about it. And there was this girl that was in the R. Crumb band and he was somehow associated with them hmm. but so i don't maybe know maybe they created not. a band i don't know using his name maybe maybe she's just using it yeah. anyway Anyhow, there was a guy so one of the strips it's called mr natural okay who's like the coolest yogi looking guy <laughs> but he's smoking doobies you know and he's like really something everything he says is so absolutely perfect right so this is our crumbs invention we actually had a mentor that we we could have called mr natural because he was so tuned in he wasn't he didn't smoke anything he was completely tuned in he was walking to what's reality i mean i don't know any other person in the world and i don't call neem karoli baba maharaji someone who i could say okay well he would be part of that an amazing being that I remember. It was beyond amazing. It's not something you could even rationally talk about. But this was a real person who was just an advanced being. David know, knew him as well and uh, and was our mentor. He was walking one day with Neem Karoli Baba and they heard uh, they were at somebody's house and so-and-so, uh, somebody said, so-and-so just passed. And Maharaji started laughing <laughs> hysterically. I mean, I'm being dramatic. He started laughing. Yeah. And somebody said to him, what, or uh, Tuari, I think, what is wrong with you? Are you, are you mad? And Maharaji turned to him and said, you have no idea. And do, do you want me to act completely like ignorance, ignorant, like people who are completely lost? Do you want me to act like that? You have no idea. Meaning, you have no idea what is happening with this soul that is now moved on, and you, know, you just have. And I'm, you know, I assume we have such no idea about the transition, the yeah. mystery. And uh, most of us are completely, almost all of us are completely afraid of it, and that's especially here in the West. That's our culture. Yeah, and. Uh, but in the mystery, you could tell, I take from this story, you can tell 
wow, this person was going to be going into some good shit. Crazy Great. good shit. And he was like ecstatic. Yeah. And it's a whole other reality. I mean, and unfortunately, that's why we just got to do the work to get a little bit of our feet embedded into that reality. I mean, especially, and you know, I don't care if you're 25 or 30. I mean, when I wasn't thinking about this shit then either about dealing with death and, and, and dealing with transits, what is it really? And so on and so forth. And then, uh, but I say to you, Michael, cause you just had this experience and somebody, it doesn't matter how old you are. Anything can happen any second. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that reaction, we just don't know anything. And so we are tend to act like, oh, my God. And our attachments are so strong that uh, it's, it's almost impossible to have a glimpse of the reality that this is, that this is not the end of anything. Yeah, it's just, it's not even the middle. It's not the beginning. It's just... It's, process. It's, it's just the process. We're processing. Yeah. I and mean, it's not so easy, they say, the Tibetans, to get a, a human body. And only in a human body can you become completely free. It's, it's, uh, I've been told this directly by one of the uh, greatest... Uh, Kalu Rinpoche. Mm -hmm. All right. I mean, that's the thing, you know, the preciousness of it. Yeah, the mic slid there a little bit. Very sorry. <laughs> just, went, it just went. Uh, yeah, I, I lost a friend a few months ago, and a, an old friend of uh, 45 years standing, uh, a, a gentleman who managed a lot of great rock bands and uh, was a fine musician himself and just an amazing person. And he... Um, he died of like multiple things, but he was in the hospital for almost four years. Holy constantly. shit! Constantly. Okay. Well, just he'd come out for ten days and going. Yeah, that was like Jonathan. He he was in yeah. for three years. He's popping in and out. He toward the end, he was just going. You know, he's like, I'm going to get some morphine. They have better yeah, drugs that was here. Basically, what it was. Home. You know? Yeah. But you know, he about a year before he passed, he asked me if if there was any way in which he could deal with death in another way from the way he was dealing with it, which was just pure and absolute unadulterated terror. And he knew he was going to die. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like years away. It was tops a year and it was a year. Yeah. So we got him into um, Tibetan Buddhism and particularly Dzogchen Mahamudra Buddhism because it deals with this all the time. And he got into it, you know, and he read Sogyal Rinpoche's book about the, you know, Tibetan Book of, of Living and Dying. Is that what it's called? Tibetan Book of Living and Dying. And that is Fantastic something book. that everybody should have that book yeah, in that, their that, library that, or on their iPad. It's just the, the thing. Kindle. Yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, so he, you know, about a week before he passed, he now had a Buddhist altar at the end of his bed at, at uh, Montefiore Hospital. And uh, the nurses and doctors respected that. And then... Um, a Buddhist group that he went to suggested we do something called a Sukhavati ceremony, okay. which is to, uh, supposedly at least in, from ancient times, is to help the person through the first 49 days, bardo, into the next birth or whatever. And you do it, and people gather to talk literally to that person and to, the, to each other about that person. Hmm. And I thought there'd be, you know, 30 people there, and there were, I think, 450 people came. <laughs> Because he had such an effect on so many school children. He, mm. he was a, a coach. So he gave like, a, you know, and, and they all came. And we talked to him. And it was, it was incredible. And you really felt you were doing something. You know? It wasn't just sort of some, some sort of ritual that you did because you saw, you know, people do it. Did it make yeah. it easier when, when the passing happened? 
Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, I wasn't there when he actually passed. Okay. I was there a few days before. But I mean, but, you're still you know, there. You hear about it. So you end yeah, up, you know, yeah. experiencing the passing. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, he was so out of it that in a way, you know, so morphined and everything that I don't know what exactly, you know, what his exact state was. Yeah. But I do know that that ceremony was key to my dealing with it because I felt no... Uh, sadness, except the sadness of not talking to him again on this incarnation. And everybody there, even 14, 15, 16 year old school kids mm. from uh, Hastings in Westchester, yeah. uh, were totally gutted. Because yeah. I talked to many of them afterwards, and they didn't know jack about Buddhism or anything. <laughs> they knew about, you know, uh, Kanye West. And so basically, they got it instantaneously that this was something, a, trans- a transition dynamic created by lots of people. I've spoken about 10 other people spoke, his family plus me, because yeah. I'd, I'd known him forever, you know. And I told really crazy stories about him. I didn't talk about fucking Buddhism. I talked about, yeah. you know, being with Mick Jagger, the two of us together for nine hours, stuck in a room with him, and how great that was <laughs> and what a great experience it was. And people were just... I could see the older people going, why, what, why are we talking about this? But they, it took... An hour, an hour and a half. Everybody in the room was totally blissed out. Really, yeah. Just making this this thing happen. Of that being, is a classic know. thing too. That that has to happen. There has to be some memorial to uh, at some point where everybody can have that process go on, so the soul is complete. Yeah, the person being who's passing. I have this this frustration with. Um, uh, the 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 american memorial culture or you know the, mm. the just the whole dying culture here is just so awful because uh, you know when when he passed i'm like is he really going to go to like one of these funeral parlors <laughs> with a guy in a suit and uh mm. you know that's not him that's not his world and and, and i think that i guess it's it, it kind of transitions into a bigger issue that i'm dealing with that maybe you guys can help me with mm. and it, it's where i'm stuck yeah. and it's the i'm stuck with uh how everything's been so commercialized um, and it's not to say that uh, I'm, I'm kind of coming to grips, like we were talking about before the podcast that you have to, you have to work for a living, even if that might have waves that you don't know about or whatever, as long as you're trying to do good and you're whatever. But our culture is so, you know, it's so you think of, uh, you think of love, you think of marriage, you think of sex, you think of death, you think of like these very rich parts of life. You think about spirituality, you think about, um, connection you think of aloneness mm. you think of these things and mm. we live our economy is set up right now that the people that get rewarded are the ones who distract us the most or who mm. can make a gadget that will distract us the most mm. or and my job as a photographer is to distract somebody to stop them you know when i'm making videos is to stop somebody mm. um yeah all of that is to kind of stop people but it leaves people hanging and you know, so I think, okay, well, I need to go do better work or I need to do some more, uh, you know, I get too heady or whatever, but where I'm stuck with it is everything has been bastardized in this country. So it's like, here's the look of death. You go to a funeral home and you go to this hospital. Here's the look of sex. It looks like either in the, in a Hollywood movie or a porn, uh, here's the look of, uh, religion, <laughs> which has its own things. Here's the look of I guess I'm looking at, there's all these areas that we aren't even touching. It's so flat right now, but how do we, 
how does how do we do something about that or how can we move that or how can music is all the same you worked in music it's all the same now and um there's a lot of holes missing in it there's nothing new this is nothing new right it's yeah. not like a now yeah i mean david and i actually talk about it on mind rolling a lot or had more so in the beginning what were the same stressors that were evident when we were coming through in our 20s and all that late 60s early 70s whenever it was what are those stressors compared to what they are now and you know there was a lot of them that lined right up okay war and on and on and on and we came i mean talk about the complete absolute ignorance in terms of the culture that now yoga everybody doing yoga mindfulness <laughs> wow we, you know so it was really pretty ignorant back then uh and now as you say the one thing of course with this incredibly fast communications through the net and uh, digital communication now we have uh completely taken over whatever comes up that could help us transform and it gets taken over by the culture and the media and turned into what you're talking about in a much quicker and flashier way than could ever be yeah so but you know what you know what's the same it's like when we were unhappy back then because of everything that you're speaking of just on another level of it we got very unhappy we got more and more unhappy so that we we looked for something that would change that and we had the good karmas, as they say. Another talk about a completely bullshit word now, right? In our culture. <laughs> um, but we. And had, I want to get into that too about you have a definite idea of bullshit. But keep going. We're going to talk okay. about bullshit in a second. Bullshit. <laughs> um, just that we were, we were really fortunate, so things came to us that immediately uh, got us. Uh, onto a transformational path that we understood there was something other than the senses, etc., and the mind that is operating in this reality. There's something. And so we went after to find out what that something It's like Ram Dass. He took acid forever, right? Yeah. With Leary. I mean, he used to tell us stories that, I mean, I wouldn't even dream for a, in a million years that I'd, ever do let's go in a room for a week with as much you know acid dmt stp <laughs> as you can possibly put in a room and just ingest and keep ingesting and see what happens it's an experiment <laughs> and yeah. you know just that kind of thing but at some point he's he said to himself i still don't i've seen it i've experienced it that thing outside of all so-called normal reality right senses and mind but i don't there's no i don't have a map the first map of any idea he had about it was the tibetan book of the dead right that yeah. um what's this uh englishman writer gave him the book alan watts no alan didn't give no it's no oh, alan is english too yeah yeah uh, sure. uh um, god i will remember it in a minute but he gave him that book and from that book, Ram Dass said, oh, that's... It wasn't Huxley, was it? Yeah, Huxley. Yeah, Huxley. Sorry, Aldous Huxley. Thank you. You're welcome. And um, he gave him that book, and that book became a map 
of 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 the psychedelic trip of the trips he was going through, right? Where he was dying, going through the bar to blah blah blah, yeah. right? Different levels of consciousness, but he didn't have a map, so he went to India to find it, and the rest is history. Be here now, yeah, is, right. So uh, that was very much a, a case of us absolutely getting really unhappy. You're you're unhappy, right? Yeah, you're talking about this shit and going like this is bullshit, and I don't want to live with this. So, but what's the first thing to do? It can't be an outside. And I mean, this is my opinion. It can't be an outside something you're going to do yeah. about the structure. It's got to be an inside. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that seems obvious. You got to go inside and find out what's in there and what's real and do the things that are necessary to get connected with that. I mean, so, so it doesn't matter what age you are in. This is the whole deal, they say, is the Kali Yuga. By the way, you know the Kali Yuga is over at... Uh, well, that's what that guy says. Other 20, people, right? I thought 20, it was... No, it, it, he says, the dude <laughs> says that it's going to end in uh, 2025. And I read that thing. Yeah, and right. I've read other things. 20, and, I thought it know, was 2020. I don't know if we have enough time. It's, it's, I think it's 2025. Okay. This, is, this is when the, the whole yeah, shit the Kali is Yuga is going to... Well, the yeah, Kali well Yuga it's a bit of a dissolution, and, unfortunately, Michael, but, but you'll be okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't worry. Get inside. Get internal now. So that's <laughs> that's my answer. I that. mean, it's a, you know, it's a good thing to think about, because sometimes it's completely impossible to understand why the world is as fucked up as it is. I mean, I just I still watch a lot of television. And I'm conscious of all the news, and I'm a news sound. I don't care. Yeah. You know? And uh, I know what's going on with the people in this country in terms of politics and the incredible, incredible corruption of democracy that's happened in the last 35 years. And it bothers me to high hell. It really bothers me because I see people being duped completely and thinking this political system actually represents yeah. people. It doesn't represent the people at all. It represents about... 200 people. Well, that was the thing is when yeah. I had Sharon So what the on fuck there. are you supposed oh. to do about that? Excuse me. But I mean, yeah. that's what I think what we're talking about. I mean, can you, can you do that from the inside? Well, you obviously can't do it by battling them yeah. because you'll lose, number one. You will lose. Yeah. You know, you'll just lose because they've got the media and they've got all the clear channel billboards and they've got and Rush the Limbaugh, brothers. you know, and they've got those guys, you know, so <laughs> why do you do it? Well, you do it one-to-one-to-one-to-one-to-one-to-one-to-one okay. and in the same way the digital, you know, binary code happens eventually those zero ones and zeros and ones you know become a lot he just and edited a movie where happens. ron does that exactly this this Did he? i don't remember Did he tell me? <laughs> you just edit you just I know, spend but weeks. once i finished a movie i don't remember anything oh, really about no so he i don't was remember anything talking about morning. social action which is what we're talking <laughs> yeah. about yeah yeah he said uh just remember buddha was one heart Oh, right, right. And you that one that. heart of the Buddha went to another heart, to another heart, to another heart. So it seems what we need to do is get our insides straight, and then we can radiate that which we truly are, one heart to one heart to one and heart. And with the Internet, particularly the Internet, rather than any other thing that's happened in my lifetime, yeah. uh, we can find balance. In other words, you know, we can use the Internet, and the ISIS, our friends at ISIS... And, you know, I'm not talking about the Egyptian goddess. You know, they use it too. And they're yeah. using it to show a particular, you know... Darkness. A psychotic approach to, you know, to living. Uh, but we use it. But the thing is not to, not to misunderstand what it actually represents. In other words, a friend on Facebook is not 
a friend until you can learn to trust and commune with that person. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's one-to-one, -one, and I do not believe it's via that TV screen or that computer screen. That's all balance. You know, we use it, yeah. but let's not make it our God anymore. Because you know, we had gods made of machines before, big ones, you know, automobiles, yeah. you know. You know, it's now, it's now everybody has an automobile on the planet, and the planet is screwed because of it. Yeah. If there's just been a little balance, how do you maintain <clears throat> that? I don't know. But I, I don't know. But I, I do know that, for instance, I was thinking this morning about capitalism. What an amazing system it actually is mm. if it were balanced without greed and without proper representation and the right balance between government, social, life, and business. Pretty incredible, complex system for humans. It's not a bad system. I like it. You, you know, it works for me. It's when the greed, I do. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a capitalist, but I don't think we've come up with an actual better system of transacting between people who need objects, shall we say, and shelter and transportation. There has to be some form of symbolic way of doing it, which is money. And, you know, bartering is great, but it doesn't work in a society of 320 million people. So the, what, what is the balance there? The balance is not to get too crazed against things when you don't have another absolutely better alternative for the way people should live and transact. Social contract is not, is not created by hope. It's created by systems. In other words, the police have got to be much kinder, much gentler. I've got no objection to cops. But brutal cops with chokeholds on people of color? Yeah. No, 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 wrong, yeah. wrong. But cops, yes. See, this is what bothers me about ideologies that people get these paradigms in their head about how to solve things, but they don't really think them through totally. Capitalism can work as a system that's fair. It can. People get very upset about stuff, you know. We got a letter this morning from our podcast, um, so a person saying that she was upset that we used Amazon. She was upset they used yeah. Amazon. Another person. As an affiliate, this is the way for yeah, us to yeah. support yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we all, all use Amazon. We, I was we use the first one to say, hey, would you like some money for just doing what you're doing? Yeah, 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 please. Yeah. <laughs> well, she, she got bent out of share about it. But what you said on your podcast was that it's great that this mega corporation can actually help cottage industries. That's the way it should work. They yeah. take a little less money. We get a little money. And fine, we're not looking to be rich. They are what they are. They exist. Yeah. Thank you. Amazon exists. Very efficient you know, I don't know whether it's a good thing in the long run or a bad thing, but I do know that it helps us. And I don't see the point in being, you know, ranting about it, saying, I don't want to see you guys encourage the, you know, the consumerism. We live on the planet. We're here. I need to take a train to go somewhere. Yeah. I need to buy a book to read. Yeah. I need to buy potatoes to eat. Someone has to sell them to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what the, what the fuck, you know, we've got to be balanced. Balance is the key to everything. I think that's the, the frustration, you know, and you probably have experienced this, this probably from your generation, what you went through is that we've, it's so unbalanced. And then, uh, this is know. our credo, by the way, MindPod Network. Yeah. Is a, yes. Life in balance. We're creating a starter box, Life in Balance. Which Life is in gonna, Balance. Yeah, we're going to have an online course in there from all these great teachers about how to get your life in balance. We're going to have a we're going to give a mala, out, you know, a rosary thing out so people can do the mantras. We're going to yeah, going to have a whole little kit. You're totally kicking it up. Yeah. It's not just going to you you got bitten by some kind of bug. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, but one thing scares me. Yeah. What you said, you, the way you started talking about the computer and, and we're being taken over, really, by this thing, I immediately started thinking about Battlestar Galactica. 
and what happened there. Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, that would be next. If you want to loop, sorry, we're we're dealing with microphones. Yeah, so if you loop that microphone, the the cable over the the hook right there, see that? That's that. It's just weighing it down. That's why it keeps falling down. Uh -huh. I, I yeah, the so, whole Battlestar Galactica uh, yeah. thing. I had a what. Um, you mentioned the Battlestar Galactica yeah. thing. Uh, My what, favorite TV show. I had to get that in. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, everybody, you go out either through Michael's or Mind Rolling or Mind Pod, any one of those, Amazon, get out over there, please, and help support us and get Battlestar Galactica. It is the greatest. <laughs> and you want the, and forget the downloads, you want the, the DVDs in this case. Really? Yeah. Because. Uh, See, in, well, my, in my brain, I would say, well, the DVDs is the, the plastic will end up in a, in the ocean. That's bad. But I got to yeah. deal with that plastic. You don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Get the download. You're no, right. no, You're but, absolutely but right. nobody. But it's when I go to, yeah, you get the download. You just, is a lot of episodes, you see. Yeah. And it's a lot of, it'll take a lot of megs up on your thing. Cause I'm thinking like, even when I went to India once I was in the middle of them with my wife, I couldn't stop watching. I was in India watching this shit. Okay. So bad it was. Yeah, that's insane. Anyway, that's okay. insane. I know. That's insane. But no, that, that goes to attest to the idea that we, I remember in Hawaii, Ramda said, you don't have to go to India to, to find this. And it really stuck with me because, uh, you know, I was, I was in a confusing spot with my life and I was like, well, maybe I should go to India. And then he said that I'm like, okay, I don't need to, I can, I want to still, but mm -hmm. it's not, it's not as urgent. Instead, it's, uh, going to Shambhala and sitting down for 30 minutes and then getting a Dharma gathering or doing the podcast and using this as my therapy session, you know, mm -hmm. um, my group therapy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah you were going to say. I was going to say I recommend a film. I'm going to. I want people out there to hear to see this film. It's by a friend of mine. It's called Blue Gold. Okay. It's by a man called Sam Bozzo. It's a genius film. It's kind of hard to get, but just Google Blue Gold. You maybe I don't know where you can get it. I just want to help Sam. He mortgaged his life to make this film. It's a brilliant film. It's about water. Okay. And um, Blue Gold. One of the things that's in it that completely like we know about nestle we know about coke we know about pepsi we know about what they're doing to indigenous people yeah. and making it extremely hard for them to get water and yet they're buying water as if they should be allowed to buy water but whatever there's a moment in the film when when sam did a piece about what it takes to make one chip in a computer in terms of water mm. oh okay. and, that, and that really just took me aback and i was sitting with him when i was watching it and i said wow i can't believe you've done that well that's important because that's again, it's balance. So real that's quick, not, it's something. It, it's, well, it's like you were saying before, Michael. It's it's you know we 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 do things that we think are totally progressive, but let's just think them through. You know, and one of them is that you know millions of computers can probably help the world, but millions of computers are also draining the planet of water, just like yeah. all industry does. You know, so it, I recommend this film, Blue Gold, to everybody. It's mm. absolutely amazing film. There's another film called Flow which he didn't make, which is also about water, which I recommend everybody yeah, chase after. Yeah, that's the problem after. you're going to have. You know, you're talking it's, about going forward. Yeah, you know, once we pop off, we aren't going to have to worry about it. But you definitely... Uh, this is our deal. This is your deal. It's yeah, water. and that's that's the, that's the hard part. Is that, so working, you know, coming in as a fashion photographer, it's, um, you know, I came in there for my reasons. I just wanted to shoot fun stuff and have a good time. And, you know, it seemed like a happy environment. And then you're there and you're like, oh, fuck, we're making shit that, that dies, that, 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 uh, that are used the, the the volume of water and how that destroys more water to to and then you think of like the the uh, socio political or the the, the 
the the socio dysmorphia where someone looks at an image and they think oh i've got to throw up to look like that um oh mm. i've i need mm. to worship these these brands that a few white guys at lvmh and a handful of other corporations are are getting all of that energy and you get a bunch of young designers who just want to make good stuff they want to make clothes that feel comfortable and look interesting or whatever and they have to suffer because they can't get in the the pyramid scheme of of that whole thing and then you get overwhelmed and and then then you have to remember like fuck it just i'm just going to do my thing because i can't fix it all that i can do is have a good time so that if if we have to wear oxygen masks in 2040 we'll at least have a good time we'll have a cool looking oxygen mask (laughs) but but well you'll get you'll get letters but, <laughs> you know, but the reality is that just you thinking like that yeah exactly right yeah. having that a perspective that includes changing your your consciousness and the and you're thinking about what the hell is going on with this planet where are we going here and what and what are everyone witnessing your actions your physical actions that create more suffering yeah. basically and that doesn't mean you quit doing the thing that is earning you money. And you it, enjoy. And you enjoy. It means <laughs> right. you absolutely bring that consciousness and you radiate that thing. And that's going. That's the only thing that's going to change whoever it is around you to think a little bit differently as well. Yeah. That's all we can do. I mean, there can be, uh, at, at the same time, you know, you're talking, and we're just talking about you personally. You're also, I know, getting involved uh, doing this podcast, getting involved in other things like coming to to Maui and shoot that thing that uh, with Ramdas, that retreat with Sharon and Ramdas, and um, and then sharing that in a way through that magazine, blue, blue and gray, black and gray, black and gray, hmm. uh, which was a great piece. Uh, in the piece and we're doing did. pieces with Timothy Leary. We have uh, Burroughs uh, stuff, Lydia Lunch and Waldman are involved in the next issue. Right. So we have, hmm. so you're, yeah. you're sharing that part of yourself that will enable people to stop in the right way. Stop their world yeah. and go okay wow take a breath there's a way we can take a breath and we just did a podcast with sharon and she i said can we just do a little bit of meditation now at the end you know and she did something uh that was so it was not, it was i don't even think it was two minutes but it snapped it she she gave a way to snap you in to stop your world and it was simply sitting in a quiet posture with your hands i have to just tell everybody this okay yeah. i'm thinking about it uh and uh and just feeling your the your uh, the pulsation of uh, of the of your hands and so on and so forth and feeling the vibrations the tingling whatever it is that ain't me I think it's my phone somewhere. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> uh, it's a, we'll talk about meditation. Yeah, it's stopping things. Um, but uh, anyhow, just being able to because you can connect if you just hold your hands together. You know, you start to feel uh, the you know molecular um, th- thing that goes on that causes the same sensations that you immediately feel. So in other words, it's easy to completely stop your mind and actually focus on a physical thing. And then she turned it into a, a breath thing. It was a fabulous thing. You can stop wherever you are. If you just practice that kind of stuff, that's, what's going to be in the life and balance kit, by the way, I got that, that meditation is just perfect. So, Anyhow, that it's what you're doing is 
doing your being. And once you start to do that, you will have an effect. We are having an effect. Uh, and that makes it makes it makes complete sense and i see i see it happening it's i think the hard part is it and uh for, real quick before i say that i gotta say can we just all agree that sharon is a fucking badass like mm. i think she's you know when you when when again working in the fashion environment if you saw someone like sharon you're like oh here's this older woman she's overweight there's all these things but she's this is a true badass, not somebody smoking in a leather jacket, uh, wearing the coolest trends. <laughs> no. This is somebody who can here, just sit down and touch your hand <laughs> and that's going to change your life. Mm-hmm. That's incredible that, and, and that's the reason why I wanted to do the black and gray thing too, is because you, you know, uh, there's all this superficial, superficial, cool, superficial, badass, superficial, this is this is the this these are the answers or these are the people that can show you the answers and then you meet these people that are not the somebody you'd see in a in a billboard for the coolest sexiest thing and they are cool and sexy for what they can do you know mm-hmm. That's, yeah. I, I don't I'm know if that's... Tell her this. <laughs> yeah. Michael said, you're a badass. You're um, a badass yeah. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I, but you know, that badass comes from uh, somebody who... She was... Because uh, I told you we did a podcast yesterday. Yeah. And she was uh, saying... And talking a little bit of some of the same kind of thing we're talking about. Because uh, a good friend of ours, uh, mine was there. And uh millennial guy young guy yeah. very accomplished and really into social action jared levy and uh, so he was just relating with her and she was uh, about you know the process that this generation is going through now as you were mentioning how pretty horrible it is and she said you know what in terms of going to india it wasn't like i was going i had no idea i was just so awfully unhappy yeah. I had no choice. I had to find something. I couldn't stand it. That's what led her there. And she and and she found that particular practice which she teaches now and she, uh, obviously it's a, a Buddhist practice called vipassana, insight meditation. But she has spent she has done the work. I you know, I have to say it that way. It's a little bit polarizing in a way to me well just that you gotta do the work you can't do it from that point either she did she had no choice she was so unhappy she did the work yeah okay she's done the practice she's done major retreats for herself in Burma and so on Um, so to where she is now is just an accumulation of that kind of innate experiential wisdom and that's what's badass yeah yeah i mean yeah she's she's something else and there's a whole bunch of people out there there's a whole group if you look at jack corfield you guys are mind pod network it's what it's all about it's us taking this and and aggregating it and and putting a little bit of a package around it because these guys ain't going to do it yeah uh they don't care and they're just around, you know, whatever they need to do, they do. They're not into doing, but we're doing it as MindPod self packaging. Yeah, I mean, and it, well, can, no, it, can, know, it can manifest in many ways. I mean, I, before I came here, I went to this place called the Bhakti Center, five blocks up from you on First Avenue, mm-hmm. uh, down down from you. And um, you know, I had a cup of chai, which was nice, and looked at a couple of things, and was talking to the woman who was running it, and she was so completely um, friendly and open. And hope charming. So. It's called the and, Bhakti Center. Yeah, but she really was some kind of bitch or something. Well, it can happen. <laughs> what do you want? It, it can happen very much, and it's happened to me in several occasions in New York City. 
mm. in bhakti places where well, people, uh, you know but this was not the case yeah. I, I want to make the point that she was absolutely helpful and informative and delightful and radiant and all of that and you know that's in her way that's what she's doing right now in the midst of all this madness on the planet this woman who was probably 24 yeah is doing this thing with her colleagues and she's affecting the lower east side because i saw lots of people in there coming and going out and it's part of the same syndrome which is to do something to create equanimous behavior both in your own life and the people you come into contact with and again it gets back to balance because i look back on things I, i was reading something yesterday that i wrote in 19 68 and uh, a lot of it was real it was based upon you know five or six acid trips right <laughs> uh, you know but then you know i remember the time being completely out of balance really yeah. you know because fighting to find this consciousness but you're within a system which exacts from you it takes the juice out of you in some ways in terms of how to survive in the system and how not to get you know completely crazy and psycho about it reading this thing it wasn't that different from what you're talking about I mean, things have changed, but, you know, things are the same too. Yeah. You know, in other words, just because we experienced that then doesn't mean that we're, you know, so ahead of the game. I'm still struggling with the whole thing. Yeah. I, and someone who isn't is great. Happy for them. Great. But for me, I'm struggling with the whole thing, which is the balance of how to remain inside and grow in the Buddhist manner. And, and I'd say that it doesn't mean any more than just a word, but, you know try and cut through the ordinary mind into clarity, into seeing, you know, through no lenses except the one that is the natural mind. I, you know, you know I think... That's, I, that's, yeah. what, that's what I'm about, you know, right now. It's still a bloody struggle because, yeah, you know, there's tons of stuff. There's tons of stuff that drives me crazy, you know, and I get very... You still of, get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's crazy to tell people in, in a podcast or any other way that it's just you do this, you climb these steps, you do that, you do that, and then you're there. Well, that's the it's, thing. It's, it's a constant deal. It's a daily deal. There's a Isn't there's it? a kid. Am that, I crazy or is it? Or, uh, no, no, no. Because there's a guy that uh, uh, just texted me. Can I can I talk? And I, I know what it's going to be about. It's going to be about Jonathan's passing, and he went back and listened to it, and he. He's dealing with his struggles and he's, he's, he's completely, uh, he hasn't been introduced to any of this or anything, you know, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and it came, he, he, his big battle is doing things that have consequences because right now this, if you were to do, uh, you know, I, I'm openly talking about on my podcast that I've done ayahuasca, which you are not supposed to talk about, you know, you're not, you're we're not supposed oh. to do that. You're not supposed no. to do ayahuasca. It's illegal in this country. So I'm doing something that could have a consequence right and there's a lot of i know that the right way for us to move forward as a society is that we're gonna you know i heard that ayahuasca they're trying to move it into medicinal ayahuasca you have to have a doctor the shaman you um you're watched over while you're taking the medication Mm. so the and and that's that opens up a lot of doors but people are scared of consequences because Mm. the consequences are from an establishment trying to hold on to itself that isn't are, uh, finding yourself is not productive toward their business model. Um, and it's not, it's not one person that it's uh, not one person's guarding themselves, but a whole collection of, of people are guarding themselves and guarding their institutions. And I guess uh, finding the balance is that when I was telling him, you know, why don't you go sit down and meditate? 
um, I gave him a quick introduction on how do you do it because there's this idea you sit down. I think of the Ram Dass's, uh conversation about how it's like he would sit down and meditate. They're like, look, they're all they're meditating because they were doing the, <laughs> you know, making it into this the symbol of what meditation should be versus what what it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm scared of telling people to go down this path because then what happens is you start going down it and then people get so far wrapped up and I need to have the beads. I need to have the crystals. I need mm-hmm. to have the necklaces. I need to wear the robes. I need to, mm-hmm. and it's like, that's part of it. There's a, that's part of the, the it's, there's not a dress code in here, but people see people do that. And they think that's the dress code that they need to get into the club. And the, the club really is inside themselves. So I'm, I'm nervous sometimes about telling people to yeah, go. Let them let everybody have some fun and get That's dressed true. up, put some balls on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have a really, that was a, one day, I don't know, people out there know Christian does, but he can be really uh, a chant guy. Goes, he's got a tremendous following. Uh, I think if you've done yoga, you you if you've done yoga, you know who Christian does. Yeah, is. And you've yeah, heard so it. We, Even if you don't know that you've heard him, you've heard him. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a he's kind of a nephew. Uh, I'm I'm not saying any names here, Dave, but he's a nephew, uh, and we've known him since he was born. And he completely got into the spiritual scene. And one day we were together. Uh, he he's got like forty different thousand uh, malas beads all over him and up his arm, you know. And, around his neck i mean he's got it all going krishna comes over to him and says that looks nice you using any of that for anything nice jewelry though <laughs> and he would you know he got completely people do that this is a natural thing i can't tell you that we did it and we were in uh, subjectively the most substantial spiritual scene because there was a bunch of Westerners, just a group of people, right? Yeah. In their 20s, hanging out with this incredible realized being and in, a, in an ashram in the Himalayas. But it was a bunch of Westerners, right, doing goofy shit because we didn't know from anything. <laughs> and one of them was we started wearing we whatever. I mean, we wanted to fit in, too, so there was a little of that in yeah. terms of what dresses we were wearing. I mean, Krishnadas and Ramdas both came home in a dress, called an olfi which was it's like a sadhu outfit okay with reams of beads and god knows what some of it's bullshit and in in this case and most of it was real it was taking on a garb and a perspective that allowed you to sort of stay a little bit protected into mm-hmm. that space so there's there is a reality around that and that's why monks dress like they dress and so on and so forth. I never looked at it that way that fashion could be a protect uh, you know a protective device yeah, to stay absolutely. in it because it, it's uh you know I've started to I, I started to get some beads and it, it came from going to a powwow with my cousin and there was beads and I'm like oh these look nice and then he's explaining to me I'm like this is going over me I don't understand that's <laughs> you know it's yeah. too much information for me to hmm. But I never looked at it that way that it's also, it is to kind of include yourself while you're either, you know, it could be while you're repairing yourself yeah. because the the damage that's been done through all the exactly. media to somebody, exactly. it does give you this protective cloak yeah. that... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and when that's like, bullshit okay. and you see yourself just yeah. like, okay, I'm just, you know, just bullshit game. I don't need that. It has nothing to do with, you know, what's really going on in, inside me. So I don't need the accoutrement, as they would say in French. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, so it goes away. By the way, you should have hope, real hope. Uh, I, this whole conversation, I'll tell you why. Yeah. Be, and we talk about this too. We feel like there is such a huge difference between where we were at back then and where 
20s and 30s people are now it's there's a real double level thing going on that i don't think we had there's the wanting to know about consciousness and self-discovery and getting yourself straight and there's wanting to really pass that message on to everybody you know and let uh uh and be involved in social action and, and take what it is that the change that starts to go inside yourself and care. There's a huge caring, a little bit more of a caring than, than, than we did have. Right I there. agree with that. I really do. We talk about it a lot. You know, that it, it, we meet people all over the place between the age of 18 and, say, 40, which is pretty young to me now. <laughs> And I think that I hate to keep using this word. It sounds like I'm obsessed with balance. There's much more balance. You know, we, I was tripping and I was doing this and that. And I don't even want to talk about what I was doing in 1968. I mean, I was very conscious of, of you know, global warming, greenhouse effect, we called it, and all of that. And we were all outraged by the genocide in Vietnam perpetrated by a government that we were paying for. And the, every day, every single day of my life, I did something to protest against that war. But it was kind of like, whoa, it was wild thing time, you know. Now I see communities and organizations that are very sober and very direct and very, very effective, being done by people who are the age that I'm talking about that I was when I was doing those things. It was kind of out on a limb. You know, you get Stuart Brand's Whole Earth Catalog and go, wow, you know, this is the key to learning how to not live in this economy. And to, what and is this? The, well, you should... It's oh, fine. It's, cool it's very hard to get them now, but the whole Earth yeah, catalog yeah, was yeah. the first compendium. eBay, eBay thing. It was. Yeah. It, it, now they're expensive, but we all had them. They the were coolest thick books. tools and shit about being uh, able to get off incredible. the grid. And oh, I mean, and it's, Stuart's still alive, and and he's not that old actually, but he's done many things. Is he coming work. on your show? I wish. I don't know where he is. You know, but I didn't know he's off the grid. We all had the whole Earth catalog. <laughs> you know, we all had it. Yeah, and and you know, I did a film. Um, a few years ago with Ang Lee, the director, I was his advisor, and um, it was about Woodstock, you know. So when Ang asked me, what would be the first thing you would ask our extras? We had 600 extras. What would they, what should they have? And I said, they should have the whole Earth catalog in their hands. So uh, Ang asked his assistant to get whole Earth catalogs. We found six. No. Wow. We found six. And, and one of them was $200. Wow, you know, and I think they were. Well, how much were they? Were like a dollar or something? Yeah. But oh, what it had, God, everything it had, everything about surviving. <laughs> you know, and it wasn't just about the tools to camp out, or how to make a fire without a lighter, and how to you know cook food without an oven. It was also you know really heavy stuff, beautiful stuff about how we were you know corrupting our our, our marvelous planet yeah. uh, by these various it was radical. You know, it was amazing, and we had that. If we'd have had the internet plus that, yeah. by now, you know, 50 years later, the world would be a different place. So that quantum leap, which I think the internet is, and if used, you know, in the way that so many people are using it now, so many people are using it to inform other people of things they do not know and to try and sort of seduce them into more inner travel and yeah. take them away from those billboards and take them away from those you know, hideous television programs. Yeah. They're all about guns and violence and really horrible dark sex. You know, I mean, th that's what's happening on, in the media right now. It's far worse than it was when we were, you know, because there were, what, there were 10 channels and there was some bad programming, but there wasn't enough space to put all this horrible stuff that's on television right now. I have a, I have a 
being my father. Families, the Waltons and stuff on TV. That, yeah. uh, that's probably as bad as this gun violence and dark sex. Probably, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm not saying it's worse. Brady Bunch. I, I was not into any of that. But now, you know, you need armor of a certain kind to actually get to the inside. So that stuff is on. And a lot of people I know now do not have, you know, conventional media at all. You don't yeah. have a television set with cable and all of that because they don't want that information, that you know warped information. And yeah, now you can get what you, you know? want, right? You can get what you want, which is fantastic. Yeah, and and it's and it's proving to be very useful because I do think that things are changing in a faster way than they did in 1968, or if we go back 50 years, 65. You know, it was hard to get anything across. We had to go into the streets, millions of people in the streets every day to protest the genocide in Vietnam. Uh, that's not the case anymore. People can just go to Facebook for Twitter and, and find yeah. out what's going on in Iraq and Syria and so yeah. forth. And, and in, in, in St. Louis and in, the, in Queens, you know, it doesn't get, they don't get away with it as quickly as they used to. And if you can just not be hateful and polarized about it, but look at them as having what Ramdas calls lousy incarnations, yeah. you know, that they're just directing the world in a bad way, but they are souls. And they are ultimately crystal clear, beautiful. So if you can just extraordinarily difficult to truly be in that place where you can honor them as souls and and very hard not get stuck in there. I've been trying to get people to to look at cops that way. Um, You know, it Mm. took me a while because I have like an authority complex, I think, and uh, (laughs) so so and uh, but but to, to you know they're just doing their job. And I think the thing that would be interesting to me, and I brought this up a few times on my show, is that, uh, you know, everybody's protesting the cops. Well, that's not going to do jack shit because they have to pay their bills. They have they have a mortgage. They have a family. Uh, there are cops who will openly admit that when they walk down the streets in Brooklyn, they're just as fucked as somebody that they're going to fuck because mm-hmm. they're, you know, it's a black guy. It's a black cop. He's going to get the same shit that somebody else is going to get. Um, but I don't understand why the protests don't move to, we, we talked about greed before. Why don't, why don't the protests move to the cock family's house? Why don't they move to the Walton family house? Why don't we move this stuff? Why doesn't the movement say there, there's this big greedy group of people and they need a lot of love because they've been hurt. And my theory is, and I, I maybe you guys can agree with me or help me with this. I feel that they were institutionalized as children. You know, look at the Walton family, look at the, the Koch brothers, their family members, their parents probably said to them at some point, hold on to your money. Don't trust anybody except for your brother or your sisters. Hold on to it. Don't worry about the environment. That's not your issue. They, anytime that they had anything, they were institutionalized to, to not find anything but hold on to each other. They're probably the most scared and hurt people that we have on the planet. And that's where their greed comes from. Mm. So if, you know, and you, and you can take it to, to dictators, um, you can no, take they're, it. They're a great example. Uh, really? Let's stick with these guys. Yeah. But, okay. So, 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 you, you know, you mentioned hope too. I can't have hope until uh, I, I have hope, but I want, you know, that there's that little part. It's like, it's like getting, it's like, uh, it's like, like uh, just crossing that barrier, you know. It's like you know the, one of the things that's happening. Just listen, though. That, yeah. That I don't, uh, it's it's striking me, so that's why I'm kind of want to get it out in in the middle of what you're saying. What do we do about them? Why aren't we going up and standing outside their house and send them some vibrations that would help change them and all of that? Very difficult idea, anyhow. Of course, there's blogs and articles, and you read from here to forever 
uh, talking about just what they've done in the Rolling Stone. I mean, I recently read one about them. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But then there was another one. I think it was Al Gore. And it's and the gist of it, I'm not going to be able to quote it that well without it being in front of me, but there are natural things happening with in terms of the environment, of course, what they're involved with, with the fracking and the, the oil that the Koch brothers make their money from. There's something going on where the uh, alternative energy sources are coming way down in cost because there's some kind of um, um, maximizing of how they uh, get the them to be monetized and how it's advancing in such a way and there's a collective growth that is just ab- absolutely reducing the cost so that now pulling it out the way you know, the, the way we've been pulling it out of the ground is not costing less so much less than the alternative mm. sort so they are natural and they're scared and they're doing things like they're putting in rules about solar. You can't have this. You can't sell at secondary market. The Koch brothers are leading all of this. Okay. Okay. So they're scared and they're pushing back. But it seems like there's a natural thing that's going on of supply and demand that is creating the opposition that could never be created by any forceful means. It's actually happening. According to Al Gore, who's... I've been told by people who've met him, he's one of the smartest guys that they've ever met. He's really an incredible guy. It's too bad he got um, screwed out of that presidency. Well, so maybe that's better, the, so though. Maybe it's uh, better yeah, that he's, so he's not doing in what he's doing now, and it's we all perfect. We wouldn't like him, right. you know, if he yeah. was in, if right, he was president. Right, exactly. <laughs> we would have got polarized with him because he would have been screwed because he couldn't do. Because yeah. it's not, you know, you can see Obama. Obama can't do what he really said he was going to do. Yeah. Um, it's all the forces. So there's a natural thing that's going on that is pushing back at them, and this is an example of yeah we just got to each do what we can do and talk about it on a show like this other people are writing blogs uh, there there's a certain amount of ignorance out there it's pretty large uh, about uh, what's happening in the environment being caused man-made causes that they won't believe but now aren't you even reading that the Re- the republican party is out of step even with the mass of, of the Republicans, own voters, yeah, that they believe that there is a man-made cause. So now that's going to cause a whole other thing politically and so on. So that may force their hand. And once, because politically they got to get reelected. And once, so there's natural forces going on here that are beyond, uh, you know, the, the zeros and the ones or whatever, you know? So, yeah, it's funny because I had this vision, uh, during the ceremony this weekend, um, where I realized I was on the mothership, and what's the mothership? At first, I thought I was actually on this little alien spaceship, uh, and then we were back to Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I thought we were gone. Thought we just cut ourselves off from. Uh, and then I realized no, we were just on. If you if you look at the uh, environment of all the planets, this is the freakiest planet. We are the aliens. We've got plants; those are aliens. We've got people; we're aliens. We look funny compared to the other animals. We are an alien species living. 
on an alien planet with alien technology that we really don't understand. So if that's the case, it's like what you're saying, you know, maybe there's the hope is that, uh, you know, we kind of got lost from the, the mothership, the true mothership, um, you know, which we can find in ourselves, or, you know, if we all look inside, maybe we'll find that. I don't know, but I just feel that we, we kind of lost our way along the way. And, uh, but the technology and everything is sorting itself out. The balance is going, maybe it's, maybe the balance is happening and we're just too busy looking at the imbalance and we all get caught up in the imbalance because we nah, don't too much of an up level. It's fucked up and imbalanced. <laughs> <laughs> And, the, and, and you know what, in turn, we're not lost either. I mean, the technology and everything is at a, is, is an open book as to how that's going to evolve. And, you know, there's a lot of fear around the Battlestar Galactica thing of being taken over. Yeah. But if you want to start getting these computers and, and, and doing, basically becoming a, a really scared proposition like Battlestar Galactica. Or like so, Atlantis, you know, the, the, the stories of Atlantis right, are about right, technology right. of a kind that is a billion light years ahead of what we're at. Yeah. And suddenly the uh, turning of that from the uh, welfare of as many people as possible into the question of control so that when they could make buildings fly off the ground and when they could communicate by thought with people thousands of miles away without machines, which is what they say about Atlantis, that it went wrong. You know, it just went wrong and Atlantis sunk under the ocean. And maybe the whole thing's just a poem that someone made up. Well, I don't and know. Then I don't know. These but people you know? got in. Probably it was a very darkness that they, they went down the wrong path in terms of having all this power and so on. Maybe that's what happened. But I mean, and we are doing that to some extent, but there's a lot of consciousness right. on this planet now. Right. There definitely is. And that's why there's hope because there is, there. we see it in terms of like the foundation, the kind of mail I get from around the world about people waking up and wanting to share that is extraordinary. So, and, and ultimately, they're, they're really. I, you talked about in the very beginning all these completely commercialized parts of our society, you know, from sex to and and words. Guru. That means absolutely nothing. Everybody's a guru. There's gurus for you know Pepsodent, you know, Pepsi. God damn. <laughs> Love. Another pretty bad yeah you know word but but if we we have to use words somehow to communicate mm -hmm. up to a point and there there is that thing that thing that we experience these people that went to india that I, you know part of and experience somebody who is a uh, an absolute indicator of the possibility for being a human being that is completely only in one space of unconditional love that is not there is no two there is no subject object anymore there is a reality that being was in a we saw that being never mind all of the miracles all that other stuff that's associated with with uh, with him in particular and with other beings like him Never mind all of that. It really boils down to, I think I, I would say it in so many different podcasts, uh, this example of Larry Brilliant, who, who is a part of who went off to India back in the day. 
he was part of the hog farm in the late 60s uh, which was this amazing organization that that just was completely service oriented to whoever they'd go around in a bus and just stop anywhere and just do what needed to be done i mean just incredible people uh and um wavy gravy was a big part of that if you know he's an iconic figure still alive on the west coast larry did not want to meet any guru and his wife forced him to to tell the short version and uh and he he came there and he he got ignored he's just like what is this people touching his feet wants to touch feet that's crazy and ultimately his he said to his wife i gotta split i can't handle this and she said all right well at least go say goodbye then tomorrow so that night he he was out on a boat and he was saying look if this is real at all i need some kind of sign okay you know he was like rational mind. yeah yeah so he went there the next day and he's waiting to say goodbye to maharaji and um as he's sitting and he's sitting in front of a bed like tucket where maharaji would sit down on and there was a flower arrangement then and one of the flowers fell onto the floor and larry uh, said oh he picked it up so he could put it back and you want the flower on the floor it wasn't good yeah. and he went to pick up the flower on the floor and at that moment maharaji walked out the, out of his door and walked on it and put his foot on his hand he had to touch his feet the whole time he was like <laughs> i don't want to touch these feet and he wouldn't let go he said larry thought to himself wow he's just like this little old indian man this feels like there's like 4,000 tons on my hand. I can't fucking pull it back or anything. He was like forced. Right? And Maharaji said to him, you were out last night. You were looking, you were thinking about some, blah, 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 looking for some confirmation. However, he said it, right? Yeah. It wasn't in those. And Larry Bang, he was gone. I mean, he completely fell apart in that moment because it all got completely transmitted the reality of that love and of course omniscience at the same time kind of helps that you know but larry said the thing that's the only thing that matters to me and as i go as i've come through this life and david i talk about this he said he loved this being loved us unconditionally but i figured that's his job that's what he's supposed to do, right? That's why he's here. It's to love people unconditionally so they can experience something that's beyond their mind. But I loved everybody that same way in that moment, just there's 30, 40 Westerners. That was a miracle because I never would have considered having that kind of a connectivity the way that I had that. And that kind of connectivity is based is that fact it's his holiness the dalai lama when he comes here and he and he talks about there's forget religion kindness is my only religion compassion and and that's what it's all about the rest of it is there's always going to be stuff it's why we're here it's gris as ronda says gris for the mill another great oh. book and that's what we're here about and 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 until we can straighten as you said you know my heart out I won't be able to radiate shit to anybody that'll mean anything. And so I like to keep it on a real simple basis. Just get ourselves straight and then everything else is kind of fall into place. That doesn't mean there won't be suffering at all. And that's going to continue. That is the nature, as the Buddha said. Right? 
first noble truth. Yeah. All right. That's the end of that lecture. Uh, <laughs> are we at the end of our thing? Yeah, I think we, yeah. We, yeah. I want to tell yeah. you one other thing though. Yeah. David and I watched the Super Bowl. He was at his house. I was at some friends. He's rooting for New England. Yeah. Him and Ramdas. Yeah. <laughs> so happy. And I'm like, I really want them to win. I'm figuring these guys are cheaters, although it's complete bullshit that air in the ball. And it's just like he's too good looking and he has a, you know, that's what people don't like about him. Tom, he's a good looking guy. He's got a, a, you know, a model for a wife, beautiful family. He's got a 26,000 square foot, whatever. He's got it all, Tom does. Yes. Three Super Bowls. He was going to get four. I love Montana. I didn't want him to get that fourth, right? Yeah. So anyhow, it all happens. This idiotic Seattle coach you know, calls the worst play of the century, right? And Seattle loses. And I have to accept the whole <laughs> damn thing. But you know Wonderful. what I found out today? <laughs> you will not believe this. Some reporter went into this locker room after the game, and they found Brady's locker. He has two lockers. What was in his locker? Do you know? No. A small statue of Ganesh. <laughs> remover of obstacles. <laughs> this guy was far hipper than I'd ever thought. Yeah. He was worshiping the right God to get through that game. Okay. There was an obstacle. They were on the one-yard line. Poop. That was over. Ganesha. Can I ask you one last question yeah. before we wrap this? Uh, Do you think that's incredible? I, 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 I wanted to add something to my hero, Tom Brady, which is uh, <laughs> he has he has Zen Zen calm. Yeah, you watch him. You know he doesn't twitch. He talks he doesn't, about mudita. He loving, just, yeah, uh, he's just there in the zone. Joy. You know, and he's it's incredible. a joy to watch it. I don't care if he gets a hundred million a year. It's a joy to watch it. And my daughter lives in Boston. Is a fan of it, or I, I'm a Giants fan, which is like saying, you know, I, I the I, only team to. Know, Stop that, those <laughs> bastards. Okay, go ahead. What's the question? Well, I, you know, please. I don't know if I want to ask it. I guess I will. With yeah. the whole icon thing, it goes It goes again back to the the the, um, the people as they enter into it. Because I think a lot of people that are listening to, to mine is, is that they, um, this is all new to them. And they yeah. hear you guys and you guys are funny and you're cutting each other off and are sarcastic. And uh, like, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut. Oh, no, you, you do it. You do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, fucking that's one of my favorite parts oh, so about your sorry. podcast. No, I do it too. I mean, you know, it's, no, it's, it's patient. You know? you know what you guys are? You ever watch the Muppets? Yes. <laughs> Remember the two old guys sitting up in the balcony? Yes, I do. There you are. Just uh just the calmer, more loving version of these two. Yeah, the Muppets. Okay, that's our new show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but so a lot of people it's, it's fairly new to them. And so going back to, you know, they see the people with the beads and they see the people wearing the the, the yeah. wardrobe and stuff. But then they also see the the statues and things like that. And then they, you know, they oh he's worshiping Ganesh. What the hell does that mean? Hmm. Does that mean that I need to like if I get a statue does that make me <laughs> you know if tom can get a ganache and have what happened to him in the game just get it don't even think about it get that statue <laughs> get the hell buy one now let's start selling ganache statues on the site or something that's what we should be doing I mean, you know um, we, what is it, our president carries a hanuman he's got a hanuman you know, you know so, that uh, does he? Obama? Yes, yeah, yes he does in his pocket mm. 
They're, they're, mm. What's his name? That asshole on Fox got into it and say, look, this guy has an idol he's carrying around. Yeah. And they made fun of Hanuman. This guy's yeah. going to burn in like 3,000. Glenn, um, Glenn, Glenn Beck. Beck. Yeah. Glenn oh, Beck. Okay. Yeah. Another, another, another lost one. Questionable yeah. incarnation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to be cool about it, you know, because we don't want to. You know, the worst thing you can do really is 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 re react to these these maniacs i mean they're just mentally ill so i you know you wouldn't react to a mentally ill person on the street so i'm sitting there watching one of these fox assholes talk and and saying to my partner you know and say to her you know if i met him on the street what would i do and she said what do you what would you do and i'd probably be nice to him because <laughs> no no because what's the point really in, in yeah. the point is to actively resist and raga was saying before that there are bigger forces at work than just our ability to scream and shout and one of them is that you know solar is now coming down in price and that people are beginning to understand that no matter how many objects you might want to acquire and how many houses you want it's all going to come to nothing because eventually you will be a rotting corpse and so uh, and more young people are aware of that than when I was 25. I didn't think about my death at all, ever. People yeah. are thinking about those things now. They think about the fact that all these things that I want to acquire, they're all going to disappear. Or even more ironically, that beautiful, beautiful Lamborghini, which I have, which I don't have, but people <laughs> have, when I just drop dead, that'll be imper It'll just be there, perfect. My Lamborghini gleaming. Yeah. I'm just a corpse. It's a perfect <laughs> Lamborghini. Mm -hmm. Think about the absurdity of all this of all this consumerism. Uh, you know, this is why we get we get flack about Amazon. And I just have to say, let's be pragmatic. Do you want this to go on, or do you want us not to use Amazon and just talk to people on the street? We can do that. Yeah. We can walk up Fifth Avenue. I'll stop people and say, "Hey, I'm from Mind Rolling, and we can't afford to have a podcast, <laughs> so I'm just going to stop you and talk to you." You know, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, right. yeah, the the simple answer to the question about Ganesh and Hanuman. I mean, we're we love Hanuman. You know, it's a monkey. Okay, and how did it, nothing happens until you have at some point you're using things to try and understand yourself in a more deep way. You're using things, yeah, and that's just like meditation, mm -hmm. chanting, yoga, whatever. In this case, it's bhakti yoga using the duality of worshiping a deity and in the you know should you be doing that probably not okay but maybe you're going to end up in india like i did one day and i looked at all these statues and they meant nothing i just did it because everybody was doing it i guess i'll do it too okay and i was only interested in in this being what's everything else was just not, in fact he talked to us about christ okay yeah not about hindu gods but one day i had an experience sitting uh, two different experiences one sitting with that hanuman a, a particular uh statue of that hanuman and something i am uh, doing the hanuman chalisa which is a, another a prayer thing why the hell do we do that i mean you know we're, we're going to explain all that on ramdas.org soon by the way uh <laughs> But uh, it's, it's something just clicked. And when it clicks, it starts to have a real meaning. And in the beginning, you might be just attracted to something because it's cool. Like Tom Brady was using it. I'm going to get a Ganesh. Get one. It's, Ganesh is cute. And you can read a little bit. What was Ganesh and removal of obstacles? Okay, what does that mean? And how do I relate with that? So it just starts to happen or, or nothing. It just ends up another little thing on your bureau. It means nothing. You know, I had a, a so yeah. It's it, a, it's the gateway drug. 
Yeah, it's just a gateway thing. It's, <laughs> yeah. But later on, it can be the last thing. It can be the thing. Uh, there was a great saint in India, uh, Ramakrishna, who, folks, you can look up Ramakrishna, uh, who worshipped the Divine Mother, and he was he was a, a realized being, but uh, he actually didn't. He was somebody came and said, "I will show you the non-dual reality." And he said, okay, show me. And he told him what to do. And he went and did this practice. And then he dissolved into the nothing of non-duality where there's no subject object. And then he said, I don't want to stay here. I want to continue to have the delight of worshiping <laughs> subject, object, the mother. And keep. And he would merge in and out with her. And he would go into ecstasy in these trances. Mm. He chose. He had the power to chose to do that as an example to people uh, of what the divine mother really is, right. and uh, so it's it's really you're led to things and you use them, and then they drop. They're self destruct if they're going to really work. All these methods. Right. So um, so if you're attracted to Tom Brady's Ganesh, please do go. <laughs> And there, are, there are people. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. you I gotta guys. say, you guys have uh, your podcast really has had a huge impact on my life in general, oh, and I want everybody to sweet. listen to it because it's. Thank you. Um, you know, the Ram Dass podcast is what introduced me to your podcast, yeah. and uh, yeah, you guys are legit. Like this is. Um, you know, you guys are well, badasses. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know how to like get it out there. The, the love that I have for you guys and the oh, appreciation no. I have for all it's the so work great. that you it was guys so are doing. It's so great to meet you out of the, yeah. in Maui yeah. and all of that. Yeah. And, and to have to continue to have. And it's nice to have this kind of conversation. Yeah. You intimidated me at first. And I'm glad that you don't intimidate me now. I was intimidated. Well, just you in general. You're either like a. Oh, that's. Terrible. You're nodding. See, David's not. That's terrible. No, no, it's it's. Uh, I have a certain um, visage that I can't change. No, it's not know. the visage. It's not your the visage. You're not intimidating. You, no. you know what it is. Then. I do, but I, I, you know, it, it, it. After I do, but, but it's years. after. It's been many decades, so it doesn't no longer intimidate it's, me. But, I remember you know, seeing you. Maybe walk. it's good to be intimidated sometimes because sometimes you know, it you, is. You get drawn. Away from something that's just a routine that maybe you should be. Oh yeah, this is this is this is uh, it's it's not like a gateway, like an easy gateway. It's like this is this is somebody standing at a gate. It's like, look, are you sure you want to come in? You know, right? right. That's what it is. Like, right. do you really want to come in? It's beautiful over here, but you know, you're gonna you you mentioned a lot. You, you're gonna have to work. Um, and it's like, yeah, yeah, you do have to work. I've had to work a lot of this shit. Like, you know, like I said, it, it walked me down to like, almost like a poverty tunnel, you know, where I just dropped off of work and it's, I had to do that to get to the point where now, you know, I'm, I'm selling an, an art piece a day so easily. Mm. people are just coming to me for it and I didn't have you know they're just drawn yeah, right. in and I don't have to do anything thing. I just have to keep making my shit that's that other Fantastic. part of the universe that's Fantastic. I'm not controlling yeah, right? that's, yeah that's we so have great to, to hear Michael. acknowledge yeah. and recognize that. No, yeah, you guys are doing a great service and thank you, thank you. I'm changing yeah. it to MindPod University that you guys are creating yeah. <laughs> MindPod University there we go uh, we'll do this again no, no. yeah definitely yeah. definitely yeah thank you well thank you bye everybody bye bye